Hi everyone. It is in between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur here at B'nai Torah Congregation. So our families are busy, schedules are hectic and full. And so I've gone back into the archives, but I picked a theme that I thought would fit really well for um, a day of atonement, a day of remembering our mistakes and looking for acceptance and forgiveness. So. I picked a podcast from episode number 95, and that is, I did everything wrong. And uh, you know, I believe that mistake making and the messiness of life is the secret to our humanity, our kindness, our empathy, our connections, our relationships. And so today I really wanna focus on the acceptance and the forgiveness that we give ourselves for redefining our ideals as we go through this process of being there for young people growing up. Um, are they really mistakes? Um, I think it's really the process of growing and you can't know what you didn't know before. And until you have this one particular child in your life to guide you, to bounce things back from you. All of that book knowledge, all of that perfection um, is really um, as unrealistic as it could be. So this podcast is with two of my favorite moms, Alana Lipman and Rachel Sobel from Wine and Cheez-Its. I hope you'll enjoy it. And what they remind us is that we're going to make mistakes every single day. Dare to make those mistakes dare to, to really live and try and love your children, love yourselves, um, and let yourself be a part of that growing because perfection is, it could only be for a fleeting second. Um, I mean, of course, there are those sweet, perfect moments uh, when you're holding your newborn, when you're giggling with your toddler, when you're cheering your preschooler on for something that um, you didn't know they had in them. And then you look with that pure contentment and satisfaction that says everything is going to be okay and everything is okay. Um, I do believe that um, as they say, if you're not doing something wrong, then you're either not being honest with yourself um, or you're, you're kind of um, trying to live in that facade of um, that the world wants you maybe to be a perfect kind of mom or person. And we know that vulnerability and real is way more important. We know that that realness goes all the way back to the Velveteen Rabbit and before. Um, you know you're real when a child loves you, really, really loves you, so that all your fur is <laughs> loved off and your eyes are dropping out. Um, it's also everything we know about um, vulnerability and and how children who have role models of parents who are less than perfect, who struggle and who can show them how to manage the struggles, the imperfections of life, the mistakes, is what will really give our children the resilience and the ability to to feel strong and courageous in the face of mistakes. So I hope you enjoy this one. And um, if, you're, if you're celebrating a new year, then of course we wish you a very good year, happy and healthy with your friends and your family, and, and especially those children that love you so much despite all of your mistakes. Talk to you next week. Today's podcast is I Did Everything Wrong. Really? I have two magnificent, brilliant, smart, funny, and resourceful moms at the square table with me today, and they named this podcast. I sure hope we're here to celebrate the mistakes, epic fails, embarrassing and humiliating, humbling moments, and all the real messiness of life with kids in a world where everyone looks put together and fabulous all the time. I know I love their boldness and defiance. Welcome to Rachel Sobel and Alana Lippman. Rachel, time for mom confessions. What, why, how did you choose this topic? 
So I think we chose this topic one day after class. This, after yeah. class, we were talking about how it is so. As a mom, you if you're not doing something or a lot wrong, then you're not. You're either not being honest, or you're too caught up in like just you know maintaining that perfect facade that you kind of just alluded yeah. to. But we all do a lot of things wrong on a regular Every basis. Every single day. Daily, I mean, I, hope. I woke up this morning and probably did. <laughs> Three things wrong already. <laughs> okay, but let's go to conf- let's let's get specific. Not because I want to like do shame and guilt, but because I want to break through that those models of we we do everything wrong, and that's a polite thing but to I was say. But we're say, really like, is it really all wrong, or is it like society like putting things on you to make you feel like oh. I think oh, that, did that wrong. I think listen, I, we have so many resources, right? We have other moms, we have parenting books, we have Thank classes, you. we have workshops, we have social media. We have so many things to show us how we're quote unquote supposed to do things. But who's to say what that normal is? And obviously there's some, you know, shades of gray and there are some things that are black and white, but I mean, I look at now, I have an eight-year-old and I have a six-month-old. I've had a lot of time to reflect (laughs) on everything I did my first time around. I did a lot wrong, a lot. I say wrong in the sense that, you know, with sleeping, for example, I was so petrified to have lack of sleep that when my kid, my first one, would not sleep in her crib, I pulled her out and she slept in bed with us. And now, guess what? I'm co-sleeping with an eight-year-old. So... I look at that and I look at my six-month-old who literally from like day five, I was putting her in the crib. She sleeps in the crib. She goes to bed. There's yeah. no issue. And I'm like, God, why didn't I do that the first time? Yeah. Okay, so so let's stay with that one because it's the reframing because it's like I would do things differently now. Yes. But the flip side is you can't say I did it wrong and beat yourself up for it and say... You know, because if I knew then what I know now, it's a whole different story. Right. That your relationship with your daughter, how you grew as a mother, this whole journey, this whole thing of these are my mistakes, mm-hmm. and I own them, and I love them, and I love myself mm-hmm. for every mistake I ever made. So, give me the contradiction because there is the society thing that says somebody else is watching, somebody else has an image yeah. of what this. Like, is how dare you co-sleep? Like, right. how dare like. How, why Why would you put your child in your her crib at five weeks or five mm-hmm. days or whatever? You can't get it right. I, yeah, I didn't. I put Nixon in his crib at five months. And I remember people saying to me, oh, he's still in your room? Like looking at me <laughs> as well, if I had exactly like 20 it. eyes on my face and I was like a bad mom for not putting it. I was like, that's well. That's it. That's, yeah. You nailed it because it's those moms. It's mostly moms who do it. And part I think part partially there are moms who do it because they genuinely believe that you're doing it wrong. And there are moms who are probably doing the same thing, Things, but they're so yeah, insecure about they it. They don't want to admit it. Right. Insecurity, fear, anxiety. But you even said you went into Ava's, like, as motherhood to Ava, as Mm -hmm. you were anxious about sleep. Mm -hmm. And, like, I was the complete opposite. I was like, well, I don't know if he should go into his crib. Mm -hmm. What if he... Like, you hear all these awful things, like SIDS and what all these, like, new devices that you can put on the owl. I have it. I have it. I didn't (laughs) have it. And, like, now look. And then after, I was like, did we do this wrong? Should we have not put this on Nixon's foot? Maybe we would have put him in his crib sooner. But I think it's all... It's you, trial and error. You and do like, what works. Yeah. You do what works for and it you. it for us. Right. I yeah. think we're scared to do that. I think we are so scared sometimes to, to just say, ju- you know yeah. what? This may not be the like widely accepted That's right. process of doing things, but I'm going to do it anyway. I I do think as a 40-year-old second-time mother, I have more confidence that way where I don't really care what people think. Yeah. But when I look back on mothering Ava... You know, I was not, I was 31. I wasn't like a spring chicken, but still, like, I was so concerned with making sure I did everything by the book. I did the Ferber sleep training and sat outside her room for three days crying while she too. cried. Oh. Now I look Going even now. Every yeah. five minutes, every two minutes, like Blaine, Blaine, then me, Blaine, then yep. me. And it was the kid. And would I'm, you do it again? And you know what? Like, I, I don't know if I would do it that way again. And we were really lucky in the sense with Casey is Mm -hmm. that Nixon and Casey, Nixon was in our room till five months. Mm -hmm. It was a bitch to get him to sleep in his crib because he was in our room for so long and I was rocking (laughs) him and I was nursing him and I was doing all of these things that I'm like, what was I doing? Casey, I put him in his crib six weeks. Same thing. Same. And And everybody's listening to you going, that was only five months. Right. Versus versus 18 months And like six weeks, like I put him in his crib and Casey's like, peace, see you later, thank you. 
thank God and you I finally think, did this. <laughs> I think we're calmer yeah. the second time around. So I think they pick up on it. Right. Yeah. And I and I look at that when I furbered Ava and yeah. I look at my, and I go, I would never do that again. Never, and not to say like, that if someone wants right. to do it, it is on you, but I would never do it again. And you know why? Because I look at my kid now who's eight and I can't believe she's eight because I feel like she should still be two. And I remember those moments of when she needed me so badly and they go so fast and that I can't knows. believe I forced her that, like, to cry yeah. it out to like self-soothe when I should have I just wanted to hold her I couldn't if I could go back now yes and I don't regret it but if I could go back now and just do it differently I absolutely would but absolutely here's the whole jumble of all of this and I do want to come back with like how do we face down those mistakes because the first thing is you think you would do it differently or you think you would have avoided some of those detours that didn't work but what you discovered in all of that was a lot about Ava a lot about yourself and a relationship that would not be the relationship it is if you didn't have the struggles and the challenges right so what I know to be true as true can be is if you if you invest yourself in the sleep issues, if you invest yourself in the in the potty training, if you invest yourself in the separations and the transitions and the back to schools and the and the all of those needs and developmental challenges, you're building these foundations that will make you better equipped for middle school and mm-hmm. high school. Yeah. But there's no avoiding the trial and error. Mm-hmm. There's no avoiding the mistakes. But here's one thing I want to say, and then I want to come back to what you said earlier, which was that was a mistake. I would do it differently. Like how you face that, face yeah. that feeling. But what I want to say is if you're parenting in the moment, which you can only parent in the moment, and it and, and that's what got you through. You, you had just said, you do what works for now. Mm-hmm. When it stops working for now, you will feel the frustration down to your very bones when you're dreading bedtime, when you're dreading, when you know, like, it's not working. I'm pretending that it's working, but it's not working for us, for our child, for, for, for my work schedule, for whatever it is. Yeah. Do it until it stops feeling like it's working because life pushes you forward Mm -hmm. so that you know, oh, now we have to go back and reinvent this. Now we have to go back and change it. But if it's working short term, by all means, that's that's all you need to know whether it's a mistake or not, Mm -hmm. whether there's some external Sometimes it's like outwardly working. Like, I mean, Rachel knows this with like my whole breastfeeding thing with Casey, but it was Nick and I did it for 13 months, like zero issues. Casey, he had, I didn't know till eight weeks, he had a tongue and two, like two tongue ties, one lip tie. Couldn't figure out why I was in so much pain for eight weeks. Finally got it, like, re- finally got it reversed. Everything was fine, but his latch was never the same. And, like, I just started pumping three and a half months. Like, after, like, a month of the re- after the revision, I just was like, this is still painful. This is not working. But in my mind, I was like, I have to keep doing this. If I don't keep doing this, then I'm not giving my child what I gave Nixon and I... But I finally, and like, I want to talk to somebody. There's no shame in it. I, yeah. I went and spoke to somebody because yeah. it was eating me up. I was yes. like, oh my gosh. Because there's so much pressure, I especially like, with especially breastfeeding. So much pressure, mm-hmm. with, so much pressure with breastfeeding, especially so much pressure on myself. Like, And she said to me, she's like, who's putting the pressure on you? You're putting the pressure on yeah. you because you did it for Nixon. That's amazing that you gave yourself for 13 months mm-hmm. to somebody and was able to do it. If you're not feeling it and it's hurting you, like you can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Because and, the but idea it was me. Is if you're mm-hmm. if you're if you're it's that idea of let let's say you're the you're the cry it out sleep person. But but or you're the whichever you fall or, or, right. or in the breastfeeding, but if it's part of your identity of yourself as a mom and then you're going in there with ambiguity or with I'm trying to do this, yeah, but like I can't you're do forcing it, yourself. Then your to child do it. is reading yeah. that emotional energy that you're putting mm-hmm. out there and your child is like my mother is feeling guilty or struggling with my feeding oh yeah and, and i was and like totally struggling with it and it like killed me so how yeah. and so there that goes the society one that's really deep and pervasive but it's i'm trying to do this the way i think i should the other yeah, is this personal one that it says, was like a personal this is struggle. who I am as a mom. This is who I want to be. And at the end of the day, he's cool. He's how do you? Mom. How do you? How did you then? What was describe that journey? I literally, I looked at Blaine. At like I got, I had gotten mastitis right around Fourth of July, and I looked at Blaine a week later because I was like on the antibiotics, and I was like just. I just knew, like, I was, like, every time after, like, I would feed him, and at that point, he was nursing, like, six times a day still, I was just, like, 
this sucks. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm in pain. Like, the revision, I'm glad we did it for future reasons, such as eating issues, you know, all that stuff, speech, and all that stuff. Like, you need to do it for those reasons as well. Forget breastfeeding. And also, it kind of lets you know, I didn't give up. Yeah. And, like, I did it to, like, help him. soon. I found out what I I needed to know. I just looked at Blaine. I was like, this sucks. Like, I'm in pain. Like, I loved breastfeeding Nixon. I hate this. Like, this hurts me. Like, this sucks. And he was like, don't do it. He's like, pump. So I, I started pumping, and, like, I was pump, I was pumping four times a day. I'm now the three. And I do nurse him in the middle of the night, and we do a formula bottle before bed. And the kid's fine. But it works. You he's in, up. like, the, he's great. He's happy. He's smiling. Mm-hmm. He's doing all these things, and it doesn't. And, like, I guess I finally gave up the control, and I finally gave up that image of, oh, well, she breasts. And it's like, and it's like I didn't discuss it with anybody. I kept it inside besides Blaine and, sure. you know, close family, friends, things like that. And this, the, the truth was I found the most comfort in talking to somebody who has no kids. Mm-hmm. It was my best friend who lives in Miami, and I talked to her every day about it. And she was just like, stop. Like, what are you doing? She's like, I know I'm not a parent, so take me, you know, out of all this. She goes, but... You're killing yourself, and like it's not worth it to have somebody yeah. love and nurture you. Yeah, and there's so you know I relate so much to what Alana is talking about, but almost in a complete opposite way because I had a different experience with Ava. I was only able to to breastfeed, nurse, pump, whatever for three months, and I also went back to a full time job at a very yeah. fast paced environment. I didn't want to be pumping there, and so I was kind of grateful that it ended up time, but I also felt guilty with Sienna. The milk was flowing. Like, it yeah. was like, I couldn't even believe what was going on. And it was such an opposite experience. And But I also had an older child and a life and a husband and work and all these things. And I was constantly hooked up to a pump. My mom would come and be like, oh, Elsie's hooked up. Like, she, you know, couldn't even believe what she was seeing. But... I got to the same point where I, at the six, I in my head I said I'm going to do it till six months because everyone tells me I need to like I, it was that wrongness I was it's so like the scared. World Health Association, right? You I was have to do it till six months, right? Like and I was so scared pressure. to stop. Number one, because of guilt, because I felt like I'm producing it. Who am I to just stop it when there are women who probably wish they could produce it and don't? Like, what's wrong with me? I'm so selfish because you do have that pressure. And I did the same thing. I looked at Jason one day and I said, I'm done. I can't do it anymore. I'm exhausted. I'm like on the verge of tears constantly because I'm so tired being a human milk machine. And I have a little bit stored and I just want to stop. She's fine. If she gets formula at night anyway, I just want to stop. And he did. he's like, so stop. Stop. We look to people close to us to get that validation because everyone else around us, and especially with breastfeeding, it is so tricky because you have lactation consultants who are wonderful, but believe in you doing it. And so the problem is, is that we are conditioned to think, yes, we are conditioned to think if you're not doing this, you're doing something wrong as a mother because it is the best thing for your child. It's like a social construct. Right. I disagree. The best thing for your child is to have a sane mother. So if breastfeeding is making you insane, you need to stop. It doesn't, your sanity is more important than breast milk. When you're obsessing over it, like you know that there's, and that's what I was doing. I was obsessing over the latch. And and what you see, and you mentioned the control word, Mm -hmm is that when it's a different child in a different situation and a different time in your body and your life you don't have control over mm-hmm. all those factors mm-hmm. it's like outside factors that you and like that's what when I went and spoke to some she was like you're like doing this to yourself like look, listen to she's like I'm listening to you and she's like there's nothing wrong with you right she's like, and you could say yeah, it to yeah. someone else and they would be like well why are you stopping why can't you just keep going what's the big deal you wouldn't do that yeah. for your child what's wrong with you and it's so yeah. hard to reconcile those two sides. It's, I mean, it's as much difficult. as we say, like, you know, you said, you know, you feel much better as, like, an old, like, you having, mm-hmm. you know, Sienna, like, eight years later, mm-hmm. and you feel more confidence, but at the same time, you sometimes do go back and question yourself and the decisions, and I feel a lot more confident with Casey than I, uh-huh. yes, with Nixon, geez, I was, like, 28 years old, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, cool, let's do this, like, I didn't even go to a class for breastfeeding, mm-hmm. I thought he was going to come out and just, like, <laughs> go onto the nipple, <laughs> and my sister mom looks at me, and she goes, what are you doing? She's like, you need to, I was like, oh, there's a way to do this? Yeah. Like, I went into it completely blind. Yeah. But, like, yeah. Well, so there's the whole it, spectrum, well, you which live is, and you learn. 
concern. How and much like, can I trust in myself? And right. how much can I, I really out thought of he was just going. His mouth was going to open. And, and, <laughs> and was going to come out. And what can <laughs> I ask for help and guidance and information with? And I mean, who do I ask? And finding that balance. Who do I ask? Because there's there's those people in our lives who hopefully you're surrounded by a tribe who doesn't just tell you what you want to hear and they're very honest but yeah. in a supportive way. But you never kind of know what answer you're going to get when you ask certain people. And I I have friends in my life who have children who I don't have these discussions with because I know we're going to butt right. heads yeah. and I don't want to get into it. It's not worth the friendship. And so I learned to pick and choose yeah. who I confide That's, in and have yeah. these conversations That's why I went with. to a friend who had no kids, mm-hmm. never breastfed a day in her life. She mm-hmm. just got engaged. Like mm-hmm. she was just so pure and so honest and such a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's nice sometimes to have those people because it's great to have your mom friends mm-hmm. and it's great to have... For me, I'm lucky I have, like, a great group of mom friends, but I also still have, like, my, like, core, like, best friends. But it's a different perspective. Totally. And that, like I said, that, besides my husband and my mom, whomever, who were all, like, do you. Like, do what works Mm -hmm. for you. Like, it was nice to hear it from a friend who was just, like, so removed. This is also important because I have two things that I'm thinking of here. And both of you said you went to your husbands and they they got it. Mm -hmm. They were there to defend and help you to nurture Mm -hmm. yourself, care for yourself. But imagine two first-time parents where dad's as anxious as mom. Not everybody Mm -hmm. has that. Mm -hmm. So you've got that thing where, and and I think that that you said it so beautifully, Rachel, when you said that that horrible feeling, that heart-slicing, what's wrong with me? Mm -hmm. And so how do you live with the what's wrong with me when when somebody's pointing a finger because they're scared for themselves going, yeah, you're doing it all wrong. Why don't you get this? Why isn't your body working like, you know, like I'm the dad. I need you to cover us on this. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of judgment and expectation that comes from within. So knowing that everybody can't be on the same page, knowing that everybody can't say the right things at the right time, knowing that half of your your friends and your family are going to to add to the to the to the fear and the anxiety. How do you blend that in your life? That's a really good question. I don't I don't I think it's a work in progress. I think because I think we all are constantly changing and evolving and our opinions change and as we experience different milestones with our kids it changes depending what side of the bed they wake up on changes depending on what if they're going to eat breakfast that day or have goldfish for breakfast it changes. I mean it's it's an ever living thing that just does not stop and so I think that you the most important thing is your sanity. And I think when you go to certain people in your life and it stresses you out to have those conversations, to me, that's a red flag. When you're talking to someone and you're getting angrier or you're getting resentful or you're getting frustrated. Right. It's It's not not a good, you shouldn't have that feeling. You should walk away with a conversation either feeling like you've got a different perspective that's helping you sort things out or that you just feel enough support to do what you need to do. But if you feel stressed out, with friend or family having a conversation. Listen, my mom is my best friend. We live for each other. We literally FaceTime 100 times a day. But there are some things, especially with breastfeeding, she never got it. She never did it. No one in my family did it. So she would see me suffering sometimes and be like, "What? this is ridiculous. Just stop. And not yeah. in a mean way. She's being supportive. But I, you learn she to tailor the message. She doesn't want to see you hurt, at the same time, she doesn't understand because she right. didn't do it. Right. So, so you it, learn yeah. to tailor the message and you yeah. learn to, there are certain people that you can go to for certain things where it's not going to stress you out. If it stresses you out and you start to feel that anxiety or that blood boiling or the blood pressure or like you need to take a Xanax because you can't continue the conversation it's time to not talk to that person about that topic anymore yeah so alana uh, do you identify yourself as brave and defiant because i i mean i feel that wholeheartedly for the two of you yeah no i do and i think that yes i do think i'm brave i don't think i'm i'm defiant in certain respects but more i'm brave because i feel like i can then that this all plays back into the i'm like i can do this like Mm -hmm. i i know i can do it and why why would i give up but like i think Sometimes you have to let your guard down and you have to be vulnerable mm-hmm. and that's hard Good for me no, to be vulnerable perfect, and it's, it's honest, and, honest, yeah. and honestly it's hard for me to admit I am so happy go lucky I'm so go with the flow I'm so ch- like I went into birth like I and the truth is I'm not afraid of birth like I'm not afraid of birthing a child like I had an epidural with Nixon but no epidural. Casey was like, you're not happening, girlfriend. Like, I'm coming. Like, you are having me t- right now. That's not happening. <laughs> and I went like, you know what? Going back, I would do it that way again. Mm-hmm. Like, I, would, I wouldn't. I would You know what I mean? But I think you sometimes have to, like, let your guard down mm-hmm. and as brave as you are. And you want to be, you don't want to necessarily admit it. And you have to mm-hmm. because it's 
it's just a part of being a mother. It's a part of being a wife. It's a part of being a friend. Everything. Like, you just kind of have to just, like, admit it. And I think that was my biggest struggle was admitting that, like, something wasn't working and I couldn't always be what I envisioned. You know what I mean? Because, like, you think you can control the breastfeeding. You think you control mm-hmm. what they eat. Or you think you can control all these things, but you can't. No, and like you can't. Like, birth, like, in my mind, like, that was, like... You couldn't control that because, God forbid, you have to have a C-section. You have to get that epidural. You have to be induced. Like, I love this topic. I love this title. I love the idea of embracing wrong and embracing mistakes because that's what we want to teach our children. Mm -hmm. If we're raising innovators for the year 2040, the only way to live in a completely uncertain, changing world is this way. So here you are personalizing it for yourselves and being the role models and really abiding by the lessons that we want to teach. So let's, so the next question is motherhood (laughs) helps you go this way because nothing is less within control than living with the messiness (laughs) of kids. Mm -hmm. Um, And then trying to do that in a family with partners and and friends and family makes it more complicated. So describe the, I mean, you said you were always laid back. But the, the motherhood, the family dynamic of being wrong. Um, and, and I also want to talk about dads being wrong because it's easy. It's one thing, you know. Dads that, are wrong? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> well, I feel like we might be able Not to give ourselves permission. <laughs> Mixing things okay. dad is like. But when you disagree, can you give dad the same freedom? To do everything wrong. No. As you absolutely not. No, absolutely no. not. Like, They're not allowed take to do anything wrong. And sometimes they like, the, and the truth is, like, it's back to the control thing. You think, like, I think we talked about this in class one day. It's like, we have our way of doing it. And then sometimes I used to think, like, no, it's my way. You need to put him to bed this way. And Blaine does it, and the kid goes to sleep faster. And you're like, oh, how'd you do that? Like, what did you do that I didn't do? Like, But you're you- open to ask that question. Yeah. I, mean, I think it could take totally. a decade to get totally. to that Totally, but I think it's like, I, I like you want to continue to have that control and be that person who who knows all, but it's like... What do I know that he doesn't know? Maybe he is, because he is so, we're both so laid back, yeah. you know? You, but you, like, like you said, you only have so much control. And you said it, the, the messiness of motherhood is messy. It's yeah. messy emotionally. It's messy physically. I answered the door the other day <laughs> holding my baby in a nothing but a diaper because we just had a I love crisis you with, the, pick the, the, with shit, shit down all over my shirt. <laughs> my husband comes in. My other daughter is like literally on her roller skate heelies, going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I am like a mess. I I, can't, I haven't showered. He walks in. And I'm like, oh hey, what's up? And he's like, what's that? I'm like, what do you, what do you mean? What it's do you just think? Shit all over you. And, right. And so, but that is like to me, that is the perfect example. physical yeah. example of what motherhood looks like in every facet. Yeah. You can't yes. control it. You're constantly cleaning up something whether it's bodily fluids or a, a crying child or a mistake or homework, whatever it is, you're constantly cleaning up and fixing and doing and doing projects. And I think that when our kids see us do that, like when I, and, and it's interesting because Ava the other day um, wrote something in a journal that I saw and I was like, oh my God, that is like brilliant, but a little bit twisted. She said, sometimes <laughs> I like seeing pe- people um, make mis- I like seeing people make mistakes and or, or get hurt because I like to see how they fix it and come out of it. And I was like, That's- she's like so much smarter than me Absolutely. that I never even, I, and I couldn't believe that her mind put that together and she wasn't trying to be smart or innovative. She just genuinely she's was like, I like world. to see how people fix things. I need to know how people become resilient. Mm-hmm. I need to know how people come back from pain, Mm -hmm. whether it's the sadness of going to school and Mm -hmm. having to make a new friend or to the the pain of falling down and not knowing if I need stitches or not stitches, you know? How do I evaluate where I am in relationship to myself, Mm -hmm. to others, and to the world? But I think everything, with everything we're talking about today and in general, and you talk about it a lot too, you have to have self-awareness as a mother, as a wife, as a friend, as a daughter. Like You just have to have self-awareness, and it's not easy. And sometimes, whether it's lack of sleep or a kid misbehaving or not eating their dinner or, or fighting you on bath time or all those things, it really starts to put cracks in that self-awareness because you do question yourself, what am I doing wrong? Like, what is this me or is this just a kid being a kid? Is there something I should do differently? And there's a very fine line between kids being kids and kids being assholes yeah. where their parents are not parents. 
parenting them the right way. And I toe that line yeah, on a regular basis, we, thinking, where yeah. am I? Where am I on okay, that line? But, and let's and let's let's stay with that because I mean we're and I want to talk about the mindfulness or will or set us set you up for the mindfulness experience you're going to have. Mm-hmm. But I mean I've just come back from when you're when you've got amygdala hijacking, when you've got the crazy emotional storm, you are in fight or flight, you are in I am flooded, I can't think straight, I just want to react and scream and have a grown-up tantrum. It's how do you evaluate developmental chaos to, I guess I get to swear today, to asshole, and, but it's also true for ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's how do I then have that self-awareness that says, you know what, okay, like I am in hijack mode and I'm like, not come being back rational, to like reality and, and like, I need to steer myself back. So yeah. how, how, do you, how do you do it? It's a lot of it for me is calling on my tribe. And, you know, Marnie, who's my best friend and has been since we're 14, yeah. I very, very frequently in the, moment, in the moment will pick up the phone and say, and this is what's going on. And am I am I wrong? And she's very quick to say you're a little bit crazy right now. Or no, I totally agree. And not that her word is gospel, but we're so different in so many ways. Even though we are, we have so many similarities that I know I can trust that she's going to give it to me straight. And so she's my she I, she's my barometer in a sense with a lot of that stuff. It, she's it your is, frontal cortex. <laughs> she is. Isn't that scary? I love but it. I love in, it. But in the moment, yeah. it's very hard to do that. I think it's much easier when you've gone through the storm and then you're sitting with your you glass like, of wine yeah. or you're sitting in bed or, and you're going, all right, what happened today? Let me like reconcile it to my mind. It wasn't so bad. Right. It was like, well, but, and, yeah. I, and let's just put it out there just for, for schema. I mean, both strategies are legitimate strategies. Mm-hmm. When you can manage it in the moment, take a breath, call a friend, mm-hmm. um, grab a lifeline. Well, sometimes you need like perfect, like after Casey was born, you actually brought me back to like, whoa, okay, you have two kids and you need to try this. Like we... Nixon was so sweet to the baby, but he was a psycho yeah. to us. Like, he, it was as if we brought, like, an alien into his life. You did. And, and like, we did. Yeah. And I had, and I admit, I went into, like, two kids. Oh, no. Pro- Once again, happy-go-lucky. Yeah. Everything's going to be fabulous. Yeah. Everything's going to be great. We're going to bring this baby home. He's going to sleep. Nixon's going to love him. <laughs> Everybody's going to be great. It was the darkest, I can honestly say, the darkest two weeks mm-hmm. of my life. Mm-hmm. And, like, I came to Karen, like, right after Passover, and I just said, what the hell am I doing? Like, how do I get my sweet little, like, two-and-a-half-year-old back who loves his mommy and daddy and is super sweet and listens to everything? And she just was like, you just had a baby. Like, you need to, like, reevaluate how you're basically speaking to him, how you deal with him, your everyday life with him. And, like, I was like... And embrace him where he is. I'm like, holy shit, you're right. But here's what I just want to clarify for the listeners is... Watch the expectations you put on yourself. Well, it was me. I, like, once again went into something thinking, like, no problem. Everything's going to be great. But sometimes you can't fix it in the moment. No, Sometimes you are going to have an extended meltdown. Totally. I walked into your room and I had tears pouring down my face. Did you have that moment? Because I noticed this with when I had Sienna that day. And I just wrote an article about this that I'm trying to get placed, but... The title of it was, did I, and I won't curse because it's a bad curse, did I just F up my family? I had that moment when I brought her home and I had both my kids and I had the same, oh, they're going to, and and Ava was like, you're just giving her so much attention. And I and you know, and I literally, I, I called Marnie and yeah. I was like, did I just screw up my whole family dynamic by having a second child? Did I just did change Ava, like, yeah, no, I everything? was everything to Nixon and now I'm like... He's kind of like, and what those you do? are ongoing questions for the That's rest of your like, life. Right. Right. Yes. My mom says that about like my forty-year-old brother. <laughs> like he's still like is mad that I'm alive, probably. <laughs> like I was the fourth kid. Like, dude, get over it. Like there were two in between us. But like, it's the truth. But like, I think you, it's normal. Parents it's normal. hold on to and, that. And like, I want yeah. everybody to know that the questions, the reflection, the it's not like instant awareness. No, it's not inf- instant no. mindfulness. It is sometimes it takes you five months or eight years to get to your peace and calm and you're oh this is how but it that's works all like going us. back to control and being able to like and I didn't even really know you very well after Casey was born it, I, vulnerability I was so vulnerable and like I was just like who's gonna know the answer and I didn't even ask anybody I just went I dropped Nixon off in his room I left him and thank God for Heather, his teacher, who was so amazing and so awesome and, like, held him and hugged him and told him everything's okay. And I walked out of that room listening to him literally cry. I have, like, tears on my eyes thinking about the crying. And I walked into Karen's room. I'm like, 
what am I doing? Like, how, how, and how do I, what do I do? I've been here for so long, and I didn't know you. And to me, that was such a golden moment. I just, like, where had, we and there were moms sitting on the carpet. I'm like, these people probably think I'm, like, a lunatic. But the people <laughs> who gravitate towards you in those instances who can connect yes, with yeah. you yes. are your people. Those yes. are your people. And sometimes it's not someone you've known your whole life. Sometimes you come across someone that you meet, you have a conversation, you're like, I don't know what it is, but I like her. Like, there's something here. And then you have these moments where you feel more comfortable being vulnerable with someone you just met versus someone you've known your whole life and maybe it's because there's not that history there and it's like you know you're going to get a well that very... was what I was saying about the bre- I told you about the breastfeeding thing yeah. before I told my mom friends and I had just met you three weeks because yeah. we just talked you connect, about you we just connect, connect to people about yeah. and I think that's like the beautiful thing about being a mother mm-hmm. and going to mommy and me's or family times or mm-hmm. music classes because you do meet those people that you might but not necessarily meet and connect with. The and risk like, is huge. Mm-hmm. The huge. vulnerability, and that was, the taking a chance. Mm-hmm. So did you? Did you, so? Now you've been mothers for a certain length of time. Is it easier? I mean, no. How, no. My God. Oh, no. See, I'm thinking like no. The more risk I think you take, the easier. It I think is. it's easier in the sense that like you feel equipped. Like you know that your child is going to come home. Is going to be fed every day. Is going to be safe. Yeah, is going like to have a normal roof. basics. Yeah, yeah but yeah. it is. I think that with every stage, it gets harder. Like I have a, a child who's like eight going on thirty, <laughs> who you know rolls her eyes at me when I say don't roll your eyes. She's like, that's not rolling your eyes. This is rolling your eyes. That's not what I did. And I'm like, oh my god, how do I weather this phase? So I think it doesn't get easier. I think it changes so quick and you're not even prepared for how quick it changes from babyhood to toddlerhood to all those years you don't even expect them to like be or say or you know even like with a toddler like I did not realize that my toddler understood sarcasm the way but I should know that he came from two people who are so incredibly sarcastic that he would understand sarcasm I look at people I own it like we and I, and I, you have to be honest. You speak to him like a real human being and not like a baby. But it's awesome. Like, it's he's going to be like a funny, oh, he's spirited. A, oh, he's, anybody who knows him and yeah. like listening to the, who knows him, he literally like gets everything and he is I love hysterical. It, like, I love he, it though, like, but that's. That flat okay, mouth. so let's take a minute on that journey, um, which is, and what, how do I manage when my child, when I've done something wrong and it <laughs> oh, appears God. in my child, not just in But is me. it wrong? <laughs> well, of course it's not, but it is, it is Society's unique, yeah. it is quirky, it is, it is, and, and so again, the quote I've used was Magda Gerber's, all we ever really do is teach is ourselves. And so, but you have to, you have to own that and go, and he or she is not going to be understood no. as if they were this perfect package of a person. No, we joke all the time that, like, he's super, he's very respectful, and he comes to school, and he listens to his teachers, and he's kind, he doesn't put his hands on his friends. But, like, Blaine and I joke all the time that, like, we feel like we're raising a feral child. Like, we're like, <laughs> this child is, like, he, like, will go body diving onto it, and he thinks it's hysterical. Yeah, but it's yeah. like, we in we we embrace it. We see me. I know, love me. But it's like when do you when do you like extinguish that like I know it's like so popular now to say like your child is like they're like so free and they should you should never extinguish it and how do you know like when I to do it when not to do it it's, and it's that, back to your question but it's is, like how do you know when is this inbounds or like, out of bounds for we me. think we right. think it's like but maybe it's, it's the respect it, thing yeah. I think as long I truly think that as long as you're teaching your child to be respectful of other people and especially those older like manners, men. Like, things yes, like that. to have manners and be and like, be what's kind. The deal? Then like who cares? Yeah, yeah does who cares? It work? We're back to your. Is this working the way it is? Right. And it's like also like that image, like other people seeing. It's like just like we say. Like I know, I I admit that I sometimes put a lot of pressure on myself what people like you know in terms of what people think but then there's a lot of other part of me that motherhood made me also like not give a shit mm-hmm. I'm just like okay whatever mm-hmm. like you don't like the way I'm doing this like who cares well it's but not, that's you know, when you but that's when you you talk about mom friends yeah. that's kind of how you also weed out who mom is, friends yeah. who are not necessarily bad people but just aren't a match for you and I you know I feel like there's also the pressure as a mother when you're in these groups and you're in these classes that you have to be friends with everybody and I strongly believe you have to be kind to everybody you have to be respectful you to everybody have to be but you don't have friends. to go for coffee you don't have to go for dinner like or play dates our or, time yeah. is so precious that why do you have to just spend it with someone because society says oh here's this group of mom friends put in front of me and and, and I told you, I think, during our last podcast, I'm the oldest mother in that room by by 
far and away. And I'm not so different in the sense that people have multiple children, just like I do. But I, you know, I went through a divorce. I'm on my second marriage. I'm old, an older mom. So I looked around that room that first day and go, who am I going to be friends with? Like, no one's in the same stage of life as me. What am I going to connect to? Who am I going to? And it, it is daunting. Yeah. Not that I care what anybody thinks, but you want to make friends yes. that are your peers who have kids the same age because it certainly makes things much nicer to go through life that way. But I did. I sat in that room that first day and I was like, who is here for me? Like, who is here? And Alana and I sat next to each other next couple of times and we did. We connected. But you that's what I'm saying is you don't know until, until you, you put yourself yeah, out until, there and you show that vulnerability a little bit. And that was, like, really scary. It's kind of like, like going back to high school. It's going on a date. It's, it's like, like going on a date. Like, date. Yeah. like, high school, you're like, oh, my, I need to fit in. I need to find mm-hmm. friends. I need to make sure. But it's like, I remember when I had Nixon in Nashville, like, there was virtually no mommy and me's. Mm-hmm. It was, like, my only – and I was working full-time from home, but I still, like – sneak out and go to like this cheesy gymboree class with this creepy little clown and I was like not happening again that was creepy but like I and I did like yoga like mommy baby yoga but there was nothing and then when we moved back here when he was like seven months old and I you know I went to the JCC for mommy and me and I met this like really great group of mom friends but it was like really daunting it was scary like Mm -hmm. it was oh my gosh, Like mm-hmm. I have to make friends again. Mm-hmm. Like I have my friends, but I need to make new friends. And again, and it's, like, but it's not wrong. Like it's, it's all goes back to like, you know, am I doing everything wrong? As a mother, like you, you do the best you can with your kids and you do the best you can socially. And I think that when you meet other moms, yeah. instead of feeling that pressure, like, oh God, I have to be friends with all these with people. Yeah. You, you have conversations and you see where you can make those connection points. And either it works or it doesn't. And if it doesn't, that's but okay. But like you said, you're always so, just kind to people. But always kind. Yeah, and I want to come into the entitlement versus entitlement free because yes there are things that I'm part of something bigger than myself and I will be respectful and I will um, find teach my child yeah. social emotional skills to be adaptive but you can't have it all mm-hmm. you can't be everything to everybody all the time yeah. and neither can your child and to be able to allow them to truly know who they are and where that's a smooth fit and where that's a little of a prickly fit and we have to make other adaptations and other resiliency skills and problem solving for situations and people what kinds of things and and I love this topic so I did everything wrong what things are you willing to let go of and say look that doing right for myself and for my child isn't important to us how do you come to that clarity of values and identity and yourself and your family and your child what do you? What have you been able to give up? The, the I mean, let's let's go to the joke of the feral child. Um, you know, I love it. I think it's. Great. I do too because, I think because just, it's bold. He's fabulous. I, you are bold and brave and vulnerable, all in the same equation. What do you? What are you? Okay, what do you not care about? What do you know? I can't please those people. I cannot get him to to do it their way, and I will make accommodations or just not participate in those mm-hmm. things because we don't that's not us for now I think it's just a lot of, like like we, we've been talking about obviously I think it's just kind of giving up the control and giving mm-hmm. up that perception of per, you know perfection that this is perfect or this is how it needs to be because society or your mom friends or the teacher or whomever and I think it all like it's all about respect and obviously you want your child to be respectful or you want to be respectful to people but I think it's just like life, like life, life happens and you kind of just have to like go with it. And like we've talked about, whether it was the breastfeeding or having pirate booty for breakfast, lunch and dinner, mm-hmm. which please welcome to my okay. life. Yeah. Like you just have to so like give me a public embarrassment moment <laughs> that only happens to you in and and that you can say yep I, I have that moment and I go hmm everybody's um, watching we had a play okay date yesterday it. and Nixon threw a stuffed animal sheep at my face and like Nixon that is not his style I would say he that's doesn't not, that's doesn't not do his that inner soul. Not, not his thing but he was in the moment he was impulsive and of course initially like in my mind I was like oh my goodness I can't believe he just did that in front of people but then I just like looked at him and I was like you know we don't do that you you know I will wait for you to think about what you just did what you need to do to make this better he laid on the floor Whoa! 
like flailing <laughs> as if like the world was ending. And I, I admit it, I ignored it. Like I was with Casey, I was talking to friends. Like I just ignored him for a second, and I go, you know what? You need to go to your room and just like chill. I don't like using the word timeout. I admit it. I think it sounds mean and horrible and whatever. But like I was like, go to your room, chill, think about it. Like I'm not gonna close your door. I'm not gonna take anything away from you. But just think about it. But I think, I think I. Two years ago, I would have been like, oh, my goodness. Like, I can't believe he did that. And I would have... And, like, I called Blaine after everybody left. And I was like, yeah, our child just threw a sheep at my head and, like, didn't want to apologize at first. And he's like, well, did he? I was like, yeah. And then he made sure to kiss every part of my head because he knew it upset me. (laughs) But it's like, I think it's things like that. Like, I would have... Like I said, two years ago, I would have been mortified. But I was like, I laugh about it now. I'm like, no, it's not okay that he did that. But he's also three years old. And we have to remember their age. And we have to remember that sometimes, like, you, they, just like we do, we get caught up in the mm-hmm. moment. And we do things. And, and they like, can be wrong. It's impulsive. They can be inappropriate. They can be immature. I can be impulsive. Like, I'm an Aries. <laughs> I'm impulsive. Like, I think you just have to, like... I think it's at the end of the day, like, you just have to give up that, like, Mm -hmm. that mom perfection Mm -hmm. and, like, what people are going to think. And, like, I admit I do care, but I don't care as much as I used to. And your child is a reflection of you, but your child is not you. Yeah, and, like, no, I'm not, like, I'm not body diving into the couch and I'm not, like, (laughs) doing things. I'm not eating pirate booty and goldfish for every meal. But, like, you know what? Like, it's not going to do it forever. Like, they say, like, with potty training, they're not going to be wearing diapers down the aisle. Right, they're not going to, they're not going to. Kindergarten. No, right. but they're not. And I think it's like if that's what works for your kids, like using a pacifier or whatever it may be, like rock you on do with you. your rock on you with your bad self. Sense of like time do it and learning, learning for them. I think and you have to you. just mm-hmm. give, yeah. like mm-hmm. relinquish the image. Mm-hmm. Like so, what yeah. and what images have you given up? Uh, I, you know, I, I am very grateful in the sense that with Ava, I never had a situation with a child who throws tantrums. She that wasn't her thing. She it would be more giving me an attitude or being a little bit sassy. It was never like the wet noodle thing. And the second one will do that. I already see signs of it. <laughs> but. Ava, you know, is she's sassy, and it, it's the borderline. Like, I don't want to squash that because I do think it's important, especially for little girls, to have that moxie. And I, God knows, I have moxie, so I want her to have it. But like, she will call me by my first name and be like, "Listen, Rach, this is how it's going down." And I'm like, "How do I even handle this? Do I correct her and tell her no, you can't do that, or do I say, yeah, rock on with? Like, I don't even know. And I'll be honest, I let her. I don't care because I think it's hilarious where I draw my the line. Used to let me, do yeah, that too. where I, I mean, draw the line is if she's just. Dis- I don't. People say that's so dis disrespectful why why she's being funny i don't think it's disrespectful but where she gets fresh or the rolling of the eyes that's where the consequences come in and i really try not to yell because it doesn't work i try not to yell i try not to get crazy even though i want to like scream but i will i do things like mafia style like i'll start taking stuffed animals out of her room and throw them in garbage bags and like (laughs) i do like i do like the fear tactic things like that where i'm just silently walking in without saying a word with a garbage bag and just I'm looking at her in the face while I'm taking away. her things. Yeah, and she's like, no, mommy, no, 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 I'll be good, I'll be good. And so for me, that works, and so I do it. Is it the best use of parenting? No, not. probably not, but you know what? It works, and and I do have that struggle with her because she is coming into her personality where she's testing boundaries, and I, I curse like a truck driver, but I really don't in front of her. Every once in a while, I'll say shit by accident, and she'll go, did you just say shit? And I go, yes. And she goes, you said shit? And I'm like, yeah, you don't have to repeat it. And she's like, but you said shit? And I'm like, listen, that's time, th- you know, so it's, this is the time. They're testing boundaries. And if we don't let them explore that a little bit, isn't that a little bit it's worse? Like you're creating that, fear almost. And also yeah. with the control yeah. issue, um, I think what happens is in both those cases, you decide, I don't have control, but I decide what's okay or not okay. Right. And by me saying, I'm not making a battle over this, right. this is what really matters, then it puts you on more solid ground rather than the quicksand all the time right. where you're acting like desperate mom. Right. Where it's like, no, no, other people might think that that needs to be addressed. I'm okay with that. And giving yourself wiggle room also gives you an ability to 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 own the, the learning, the, the experiment, which is like, well, let's see how this plays out. And I'd let's rather see make like mistakes. Her. I'd rather make mistakes mm-hmm. than have my kid remember me as the mom who always yells. That's right. I don't, yeah. you know, it's, it's uh, to me, you can. Especially yeah, when you're like you not can, a yeller. Like, I'm yeah. not a yeller. Like, I'm totally like, I might this be is like my, my voice <laughs> most of the time. Like, my version of yelling is like, Nixon, don't do that. And I admit it, maybe that's wrong. Maybe we do need to, and my husband's the same way. Like, we are just. 
we kind of just like I guess we roll with it. Like we just and it's sometimes it sucks in the moment. Sometimes we you, have to. I think the operating yeah. principle has to be how's that working for me right here, right now, today. And I think when with kids, you working, truly learn like. You really we'll, pick we'll, your battles. We'll tweak like, it when yeah. we discover that it's not yeah. working, that we're frustrated, that we all are like ready to hurt each other. <laughs> then we'll make provisions. <laughs> we all need a timeout, you know. Yeah. And, and and I think we the, the thing that both of you are presenting here is the communication with your husbands, mm-hmm. with other yeah. family members, and with yourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we've got to do wrap up. All I can say is I I just feel more convinced that you guys are bold, brave, and amazing. Um, You've got this in so many ways. I love the topic. I did everything wrong. What the (laughs) wrap-up is the same. How have you got this? This is your theme. This is your topic. Um, How have you got this for right here, for right now? Um, I've got this because... I am going to and always have surround myself with people who are okay with my mistakes and my flaws and the things I do wrong. And instead of making me feel bad about it, arm me with the tools to support me and show me that maybe there's different perspectives. I'm never going to have people in my life who are are shaking their fingers at me and making me feel like crap for being, you know, the mother that I am. So it's it's the people. It's my tribe. And you're doing it for other mothers as well. So no, I've got. I mean, I I'm going to piggyback off that. I I totally agree. You do definitely need to surround yourself with those people who are going to make you feel good and also be honest and tell you like hey you're being like a psycho right now like you need to (laughs) take a chill pill so I I think that and I also think it's like for me like I have said like I just need to give that up and I need to give up the you know like it's okay like make mistakes like you know and I think motherhood really does bring that out in you and you just always have I really at the end of the day I really do I I sit there at 9 30 and I pump pump my life away <laughs> and I I do and I self-reflect on like okay like did I say that right today like maybe I should have said that differently and like you know and I you know I do read a lot but like I try to read things about like you know communication how you communicate with your children how you communicate with your husband friends things like that and like I think as a mother you need to continue to like just arm yourself with like those strategies and you know just continue I mean you're not going to be perfect like I said I got my feral child Casey will it. probably be the same. Like, <laughs> keep on keeping yeah. on. Keep on, like, rock on with your bad selves. <laughs> yeah. like, I got this. I love you so much. Thank you. So that's the mess for today. We appreciate you listening to See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. Seeing little people learn and grow. Listening to parents taking a crazy, uncertain journey. Loving the fun and loving the mistakes. You write the rules. You write your story. We just want to be part of the conversation. But in the end, we know... You got this. We'll catch you next week. Take care. Wait, wait, wait. One more thing. If you liked our podcast, please tell a friend. Or even better, write us a review at iTunes. We'd also like to invite you to join us on Facebook. That's with me, Karen Deerwester. And check out the parenting resources at FamilyTimeInc.com. You'll also find us on Twitter at at FamilyTimeInc and Instagram at Karen underscore family time. Thanks for listening today. Thanks to everyone at B'nai Torah Congregation for this wonderful space. Thanks to Darren Littman for the great intro. And thanks to the front and the follow for the song Listen. We are listening. See you next week.